the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Let Us Reason, a Christian-Muslim dialogue with host Al Fadi. Let Us Reason is a unique show utilizing theology, apologetics, and evangelism to reach Muslims for Christ by comparing and contrasting Christian and Muslim doctrines. And now, your host, Al Fadi. Well, good morning, everyone. Uh, thank you for joining us. Uh, this is Al Fadi, and you are tuning in into another uh, podcast of our show, um, Let Us Reason. And we thank you again for your continued support. Uh, it is because of your support, your prayers, and even your financial support that we are able to stay on the, um, on the air. And we have so far uh, been on the air for four years. We're into our fifth year, believe it or not. Um, and uh, we've just renewed uh, basically our annual contract. So thank you so much for your prayers. Today, I am going to continue our popular basically series, which is updates uh, related to Facebook posts. And I always encourage people to go to my own Facebook page, which is alfadi.sira. And Sira is with a C as in Charlie. Uh, that's alfadi.sira. And you can always go, of course, to uh, the ministry page which is Sierra International, and uh, my own personal ministry as well called The Al-Fadi. And finally, we encourage you to go to our YouTube channel, uh, which is at youtube.com forward slash Sierra International, one word, Sierra International, uh, or you can even type Sierra uh, International and YouTube will find it for you. That's our basically channel. I encourage you to subscribe to it. And, you know, pray about becoming uh, what we call Patreon patron, where you can give as little as $1 or as much as the Lord puts in your heart. Those uh, financial uh, supports help us uh, to do things as we are doing right now. So thank you again for that. Now, um, recently this week, I have a number of challenging posts on my Facebook, as always, I do that kind of stuff for really a simple reason. I want either if someone is coming in with a bogus claim, a claim that cannot be substantiated, and I reason with them and they refuse to, let's say, refute their claim or at least uh, try to correct some of their um, presuppositions, then I basically upgrade that dialogue between me and them into a public post because I want now everybody else to see the benefit of that particular dialogue. And in that, in doing so, uh, others in my team will participate. People will begin to give and take, and they will see and read some of the references that are being utilized. Now, uh, one of the most recent posts that I had basically this week had to do with the Quran, chapter 42, verse 51 which is usually used uh, by uh, our Muslim friends to support the idea that God inspires prophets in certain ways. And one of the translations or the English translations of the uh, passage, which is chapter 42, verse 51, will read, it is not fitting 
for a man that Allah should speak to him except by inspiration or from behind a veil or by the sending of a messenger to reveal uh, basically with Allah's permission what Allah wills for he is most high, most wise. So it is clear then that there are a number of ways or mechanism, if you wish, that supposedly the God of Islam communicates with someone. Now, this verse historically has been used to support the idea of a prophet or a messenger. But here, it's really, first of all, my challenge is, it doesn't even come close to talking about a messenger. It's just saying, speaking to a man, any man. But be it as it may, let's assume it is a prophet or a messenger. Then one of the mechanism is inspiration. Okay, that's common. That's normal uh, to say that God spoke now, people will refuse the idea that God will speak directly, at least the Muslim people. And yet, sadly, this verse actually flies in the face of that argument because it's speaking directly that God could inspire someone directly. Except in the case of the Prophet of Islam, the claim is that God never spoke to him directly. Now, what do they say about uh, uh, the Prophet of Islam, Muhammad? That an angel appeared to him, and they use this very verse in chapter 42, verse 51, to say that, look, it says... Or basically by a messenger, by sending a, a messenger. But a messenger could mean anything here. It could be a person. By the way, the, the, uh, the, the Bible, when it talks about messengers, it never talks about messenger as if they are angels all the time. It could be a human being. For instance, if you go to the Gospel of Matthew, the story of John the Baptist when he was in jail, and he sent basically his messengers to Jesus to say, are you the one? The Greek word actually is the same word that is used also to apply to angelic messengers. So it could be a human being. So it never says an angel. Therefore, this particular verse, chapter 42, verse 51, does not support the idea that God can speak to his prophet via an angel, nor that it ever mentioned the word angel in here. In fact, I would argue that this particular uh, basically, a verse could be used to say that God can speak to any man, and in doing so, he can also send a messenger from him to try to reason with that population, that mankind, that group of people, and so on and so forth. So here, it doesn't really uh, put a limit on how God is speaking. That's using the Quran, of course. And and uh, as a result of this, my challenge was, first of all, show us where does it say an angel? And number two, if it shows an angel in here, if you can convince us that the verse is talking about angel, show us where in the Quran did it say that an angel by the name Gabriel, both an angel, his name is Gabriel, appeared to Muhammad for the first time. You will never find such a thing in the Quran. That's exactly and precisely what the point behind this post was, is to show that what our Muslim friends believe or, in this case, are being taught to believe, sadly, doesn't even come close to be supported by their own source, which is what? The Quran itself. So as a result of this, unfortunately, we need to be very careful when our Muslim friends share things like that to have them show us the verse and then look at it with them and begin to ask specific questions. What's the point behind this practice? Is to help them hear themselves. Oftentimes, our Muslim friends are left alone to think the way they think without any challenge. And if they are not challenged, unfortunately, 
they will not even come close to beginning to explore why Jesus and why the Bible is the word of God. Because if we left him to their own, basically, presuppositions from their own book without any challenge, then why do why do they need to even consider Christ or consider the Bible? So these are some of the things that I train people on doing. And we need to also be careful not to fabricate things, okay? So you have to really look at what does the Quran say in this case and use what the Quran says to challenge him from within. Now, obviously, we do not use the Quran to support it as if it's the inspired word of God, not at all. But I use it as a historical document. And periodically, it is, you know, kind of like necessary to try to bring in as many resources as possible to challenge the thinking of a Muslim person. Now, contrast this, for instance, with what the Bible teaches. In the Bible, God himself spoke directly to Abraham. God himself spoke directly to Moses. Uh, also, sometimes God will send the angel of the Lord, who is many in many cases is God himself appearing in an angelic uh, uh, being as an angelic being, I should say. And some will argue even that's a, a pre-incarnate Christ, uh, Christ, basically, or Christophany, if you wish. So there are many ways that in the Bible that God spoke to his prophets and his messengers, and even he spoke uh, uh, sometimes even publicly and audibly where other people who are not messengers or prophets have listened to him and heard him. You know, you have this story, for instance, in Exodus 19, leading into the declaration of the Ten Commandments, the people of Israel heard the voice of God him themselves. It wasn't that he was speaking only to Moses. No, they, the congregation, the entire assembly of the chosen people heard the voice of God. Take that also forward in the New Testament. Uh, during the baptism of Christ, God himself from heaven spoke and says, this is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. Everybody heard this, okay? And so the, the, what I'm trying to say is it is really not exclusive that God only speaks to a specific person. No, God in his own wisdom and power can speak to anyone that he chooses to. And yes, he would inspire specific people. He would send specific messengers with a specific or a special mission, like Moses, like Isaiah, like Elijah, like Elisha. But that doesn't mean God exclusively can only speak through them. God is not limited to that, nor that he has to also have an intermediator between him and man by sending an angel, like the claim is that the seal of the prophets that's the prophet of Islam, the final prophet to mankind. Somehow God failed to speak to him directly and he sent him an angel and the angel wasn't even identified in any of the verses. Later we hear a name and the name is claimed that this is the angel that appeared to him. Nowhere in any verse in the Quran does it say in uh, Gabriel is an angel in the Quran. We know that's from the Bible, but in the Quran never said that. In fact, Gabriel is in a class of it, uh, himself. That basically, in, when you read in the Quran, you'll almost discover that Gabriel has his own class. In other words, he's not actually considered to be an angel per se, according to the teaching of the Quran. Rather, he is considered to be uh, just a class of his own. And um, uh, some of our Muslim friends will try to always argue and challenge you and try to make it sound like as if, uh, the God of Islam did send Gabriel to be the angel 
that intermediated between God and the prophet of Islam. So you won't find such a thing. In fact, you won't even find the story itself about the first appearance of Gabriel in, in the Quran to the prophet of Islam. In fact, uh, you know, I'm looking now for a uh, verse in the Quran. Um, I, uh, I thought I had it in front of me, but it is not here where, um, uh, here you go, chapter 2, verse 97 of the Quran, chapter 2, verses 97 to 98, actually. Uh, listen to what the words of these, uh, pass, uh, this passage say. This is from the Quran. It says, say, whoever is an enemy to Gabriel or Jibril, that's his Arabic name, for, the, um, for he brings down the revelation to your heart by Allah's well. So here it's saying it was Gabriel who brought down basically the uh, revelation to Muhammad. But this, this is later. This was revealed almost 14 years later after the first revelation to Muhammad. We don't have any incident where it says that Gabriel is the one who appeared to Muhammad in a cave. That's number one. Number two, notice what the verse says when it comes to the identity of Gabriel. And it says, a confirmation of what went before and guidance and glad tidings for those who believe. Whoever is an enemy to Allah, notice, and his angels, notice, so there is Allah, there is the angels and apostles, prophets, okay, to Gabriel and to Michael. Notice, Gabriel is in a class of his own, never been associated with angels in the Quran. It's very interesting, by the way. So these are some of the challenges that we like to always raise uh, to our Muslim friends. Now, I'm going to uh, take you back now to a challenge that I uh, basically posted uh, on September 30th against one of our, uh, you know, Muslim friends, sadly, who kept uh, basically um, bragging about the fact that he knows Hebrew, he knows the Old Testament, he knows the New Testament, and that he actually challenged us uh, that in Deuteronomy 6.4, uh, these are the words of Jesus himself. Well, it's really interesting that he would say Jesus is the one who spoke through the mouth of Moses in the Deuteronomy 6.4, which is Old Testament. You know, right there, he's already acknowledging the deity of Christ. Nevertheless, it was Yahweh, it was the Father who was speaking here and asking Moses, to declare to the assembly, to uh, basically the people of Israel, Hero Israel, the Lord your God, the Lord is one. And my challenge to this person, who by the way was using a Korean name, and the meaning of the name is good. But sadly, he didn't act in a good faith at all. Okay? Now, my daring challenge to him was this. Can you... Point out to me then, if you really know the Hebrew language well, which word in this Deuteronomy 6-4 passage denotes the oneness of God? And the reason why I was saying this is because the word is ahad. And ahad is the exact word that um, uh, basically the Quran used in chapter 112, the chapter that is always used and showcased around to prove that the God of Islam is one. Sadly, the word one in Arabic is not ahad, is wahid, okay? If you want to talk about an absolute oneness, it's wahid. Ahad is one of others, okay? 
Here, the word ahad in the Hebrew denotes plurality in the oneness. How do we know this? One of the usages of this word happened to be in Genesis 2.24, where the Lord also, speaking through the mouth of Moses, as he was writing the accounts of the creation of man, God was saying, and Jesus, of course, in Matthew 19, verses 1 to 6, confirmed that, God was saying, for this reason, a man shall leave his father and his mother and cleave into his wife. And the two, notice, the husband and the wife, the two shall become one flesh. You catch that? The word one now is ahad, meaning husband and wife in the eyes of God under the institution of marriage, biblically speaking, are considered to be one body. In other words, one in essence, meaning married couple, two in persons, husband and wife. That's why the doctrine of the Trinity is real, is serious, that we ought to examine word studies along with what the Bible has been declaring, that we worship one triune God. What does that mean? One in essence, in nature, three distinct persons. This is how the Bible revealed to us God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Okay? Therefore, we have to challenge those who make such bogus claims. Therefore, my challenge was to this person who, by the way, never showed up. Never. I mean, 24 hours earlier, I warned the person and I said, okay, I am going to challenge you now publicly. And guess what the answer was? Go ahead. I'm yawning. In other words, I don't really care. Fine. You know, I don't do these challenges. Just for the purpose of just antagonizing a person, I do these challenges so that the friends of this person begin to see that, first of all, this person sadly is making bogus claims that cannot be substantiated. And number two, when put on the spot, they can't even come close to explaining anything. Here, by the virtue of just using Deuteronomy 6.4, we were able to show this person and his followers and those who are paying attention to the post that the oneness of God in the Bible has plurality to it. And that that word, ahad, that was stolen, stolen, basically, by the Quran, doesn't even come close to representing an absolute oneness. So this is another reason why we chose such, uh, basically, a passage. Now, we're going to go now to another um, uh, passage from the Quran, and uh, this passage basically uh, had to do with chapter 21, verse 108, chapter 21 of the Quran, verse 108, and I will uh, explain to you why this particular passage uh, is important. In chapter 108 of the Quran, uh, in uh, verse one, uh, 108 of uh, chapter 21 of the Quran, it says, Supposedly, the God of Islam is asking Muhammad to say this. Say, what has come to me by inspiration is that your God is one. Okay, and here the word one is wahid in Arabic, meaning absolute oneness versus ahad. Okay, but Muhammad was speaking to a group of people and saying, this is your God. He is not associating himself with this group. Now, um, uh, the the argument is, did Muhammad not really know that he was representing this God? And why is this declaration didn't come in like as the first, basically, revelation to Muhammad, or in the first week, or in the first month, or in the first year? No, that was later, years later. I mean, if you're really coming in to preach the oneness of God, for instance, wouldn't you start with this from the get-go? 
Wouldn't you declare this from the get-go, especially when our Muslim friends make this claim that Islam came to correct the misunderstandings by Christian that we worship one triune God? Okay, well, that was your chance. Go ahead and show us why you think we're wrong, but never that it was explained. So my, I put that challenge to show that it appears that Muhammad really either didn't know which God he was representing until later, or somehow he's speaking to different groups of people and saying, oh, your God is one, but what about you? Do you believe in this God or do you believe in a different one? How come his name is not mentioned here? How come it wasn't the first message that was revealed? I know some might look at this and say, come on, man, you're picking like uh, uh, on on just tiny pieces here of arguments that may or may not work. No, it will. You know, here's why. You keep adding stuff like this one by one, and you are already creating a mountain of doubts, okay? You're creating a mountain of challenges. And our Muslim friends must be challenged for the glory of God so that they can admit that Jesus is Lord to the glory of God the Father, that they will recognize one day they will bow down to him, and either they bow down to him in honor as his followers, or sadly, they'll bow down to him as the judge of the universe. We do not want them to be on that side. We want them to be with us on our side as we bow down to him in worship as his followers. And that's why we have to have a heart of compassion for them. Lo- loving them demand challenging them. You cannot love someone and just let them live the way they want. You cannot love someone and you just... Um, Try not to at all challenge their thinking or challenge their own theologies. So this is why those kind of posts are extremely important. And we always ask you to kindly uh, share these posts with other groups, use them in your own witness and ministry, and participate in here. Uh, We welcome all of those who participate because we want our Muslim friends and others to benefit from your own experiences. Now, we're not asking people to come in here and bring in their own theologies. Uh, uh, I mean, uh, uh, our Christian brothers, we're not here asking you to come in and, and debate things that are denominational issues that are secondary. They're not essentials, okay? If you're are going to take routes like this and you start talking to me and the group, hey, it's King James only, or it's, uh, uh, you know, speaking in tongues, uh, uh, we are going to cut you off faster than you can imagine. Why? We do not want to present to a Muslim audience as if we are divided here, because they're never going to understand those kind of issues. While I appreciate those kind of issues, and I understand where you're coming from, this is not the platform for those kind of things. Here, it's witnessing to Muslims, period. We are not going to tolerate anything else. And if you come in to try to antagonize everybody, whether they are Christians or Muslims or atheists, you will be cut off too, because we are not here to try to create a disunity and a spirit of antagonism. Rather, we want to create a peaceful atmosphere, especially for our Muslim friends. We welcome them. We want them to feel that they are free to express their opinion. Now, we do not tolerate foul language. We do not tolerate anything that is inappropriate. We will not tolerate anything that is antagonistic to the gospel. And therefore, this is just something that I always like to share with people. Once again, Let me recap here. From time to time, we go through a series uh, of uh, given updates related to our Facebook post, which is found on my personal page, uh, basically facebook.com forward slash alfadi dot Sira, and Sira is with a C and 
as in Charlie, you can also go to the ministry page, Sierra International or or, uh, the Al-Fadi, Sierra International, one page, or the Al-Fadi, the other page, where we post also uh, videos uh, from our different series that we've been doing. Right now, uh, we're releasing the videos that we've done with David Wood and Sam Shalmoun. We call it Scripture Twisting 101, where we take many of the biblical passages that our Muslim friends use sometimes in the wrong way or out of context. So you can go also to our YouTube channel, which is Sira International. Subscribe so you, you begin to get notifications. And we encourage you to become a Patreon patron where you can give as little as $1 or as much as the Lord puts in your heart. This funding usually will help us to keep basically staying on the air and use it for the development of ministry videos. Thank you again for your prayer and your support and your partnership. And until we meet again, have a blessed day. General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.